okay. This is a really odd time to do it because it's... I don't even know where it is. It would be in the middle of Sunday <laughs> night, Monday morning for me, back in Australia. It's uh, in the UK, 3.30 Sunday afternoon. We dragged away from the F1, which yeah. we know is going to win the F1 anyway. Well, we do know. <laughs> uh, well, you got the post on the other wall. It won't be, it won't be the English guy, put it that way. Any English guy either. No, it won't no. be any of them. None of them. Uh, look, anyway, we're here with Scott Helm in the UK. First visit to your place. I always picture yeah. it as being cold and rainy. But it's really sunny outside. I've just turned on air conditioning <laughs> in my house in England. You actually look red. <laughs> Sun me. Uh, anyway, look, let's jump into the into the formal bits. I'll do the sponsor bit. Uh, I, I didn't even put a, like, a list of things we're going to talk about. This one, oh, Scott and Troy. We'll work it out from there because there have been a bunch of... We'll see um, what we can come up with. I don't know, there'll be stuff, because I've had data breaches and all sorts of things this week. And then obviously flying over the world and other things happening on the way, and then I'm going to talk about Report Your Eye. Did oh, yeah? That? I changed T-shirt from the uh, oh, Terra photo. <laughs> I took the photo, I was like, damn you, it. You swagged up. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's start with the sponsor. Sponsors, previous sponsor heard before, Fastmail. Check out Mast Email, built with one password. One click gives you a unique email address for every online sign up which is which is pretty neat i always think of like your email address as kind of like the primary key to your digital life yeah for sure so what fastmail has been doing with one password which they've done for a little while now is when you sign up to different services and you put all your things into one password which of course is the place to put all your things all the things you get a unique email address for each account which is cool because then when you're in the next data breach and then you end up in a credential stuffing list like whatever your randomized Netflix account is doesn't work on your other randomized accounts. Uh, and, you know, some people use, do you do sub-addressing sub or catch-alls on your domain? Yeah, so like whatever at scotthome.co.uk is the... Yeah, right. Yeah, so yeah. they all go to me. So I do a similar thing. And like that, I think that's good in terms of not joining the things up and then you can see... Who sold your email who address. Who sold your email address <laughs> to start spamming. That's what I use it for. It's like black hole that alias, see you later. The only thing you don't get that you do get with things like master email with, with uh, Fastmail is you get that anonymity because we can still see that when it's like uh, GitHub at Scott Helm and then it's actually Madison at Scott Helm. You know. Yeah, you can figure it out. <laughs> you can quick. figure it all so out. Is that, so I use Fastmail for all my email stuff and for like report your own and everything oh, really? else. So I don't use like... As your email. mail provider. Yeah, yeah. So it's okay. all Fastmail. But I've never used their mass email thing. Is it yeah, like right. the... Do you know when you go on iPhone, like on Apple, and they just give you an email that's like at fastmail.com and it's just yeah, like yeah, random it's, token? It, it's not associated to you in any way from the outside. Oh. Obviously, from the inside, okay. it all joins back up. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, so, so it's like the, random. Yeah. It's kind of like Mailinator, but more official. Yeah, like yeah, it's, and it's not an open mailbox. Yeah, okay. So oh, that helps. So I use them, but I've never used that. I just use them yeah. as like my email yeah. provider. I don't use that other features, I guess. I'm just looking at the comments, James. James here. Uh, I roll my own email to do this. This is cool. <coughs> Who's this guy? Stefan, someone. Stefan's wow, there's funny lots of letters funny letters in, letters in there. Who's that guy? <laughs> Stefan from Iceland. G'day, Stefan. Thanks for joining. Uh, also, I have written that other code. Don't worry about it. <laughs> We've literally been sat watching the F1 oh, and Troy's yeah. just being like the nerd on his laptop writing code. Well, it was a big week. Let me talk about the week. And then we'll, we'll come back to the other things as well. I'm literally... To, to remember my week, I have to flick through my Twitter timeline to try and remember what's happened because I load X Hanadagra. Is that? Yeah, do we actually work. call it that now? No. But it is. Every time I see it in the press, it's like X, formerly known as Twitter. So Do you think he thought this will be a really cool name because it's really short and now everybody calls it like X, formerly Twitter, and now it's twice as long? Which is worse than yeah. it ever was before. Take that. 
Look, I, I think the easy way to do this is I'm just going to go through the Have I Been Pwned tweets because that tends to be the list of things. And in fact, before I do that, I realized there was a bit of a milestone. I think it's a bit of a milestone. Let me check. It is. A bit of a milestone in that I hit 700 data breaches this, this week. So the 700, 700th data breach has just gone into Have I Been Pwned. I don't know if we celebrate or commiserate. <laughs> it is a big number. Every time you have a round number, what are you doing? I hit a thousand. But I guess pro rata, that's probably going to be another. The question is, have you handled it in the UI when you have an extra character? Yeah, it'll be fine. But the, <laughs> the bigger problem I've got is not much in the UI has actually changed with Have I Been Pwned since I started it. So when you go to Who's Been Pwned, it's everyone. And now there's 700. <laughs> <laughs> You should have a day where you just change, like, have I been pwned.com? Oh, no. Yes. I know. People <laughs> that's keep it. saying that. Nothing yeah. else. But that's, uh, it's, it's not entirely 700 times I've done this, but it's approaching 700 times I've gone through and hand-edited some PNG somewhere and then optimised the oh, image. Because you still put them, like, all yep. in the, yeah? Yep, yep. And I say it's approaching because for a bunch of them, including a couple of them I'm going to talk about today, I've gone through and uh, and just used, a, like, a list icon because it's a spam list or something. Okay. Are you watching us watching? No, no, no. Well, I'm just trying to engage with the comments <laughs> of the community. <laughs> Scott's watching the video of us, which is like this one 10 seconds ago. <laughs> yeah, I have a bigger there. Uh, all right. What were people saying? Because I'm flicking around now. Who else was there? Tim McDobos. Uh, Tim 1977 trials. Thinking about how in 1995, before the internet really got big, that was the year I started using the internet. Actually, the year I started university. 95. That's a cool story, Grandpa. And you know that... <laughs> Thanks, man. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll whisper it to you, because I don't want to say it in here. The first website I saw... Whoa, I can't say that out loud. But it, like, okay, that's not an adult <laughs> website, but it was a, it was like a shock uh -huh. website. And I just remember a mate of mine going, here's the internet, look at this. And then I was like, holy shit, okay. What is it, the official statistics? Like 90-whatever percent of the internet is just adult material anyway, right? What's it's that? Like, there's, I can't remember. It's like, oh my god! Oh boy! I'm only, I'm only two days in. I promise, I'm only two days in. Anyway, Tim on nineteen seventy-seven. Uh, before the internet got really big, I used to say how the nineties sucked and nothing was good about it. Then the internet blew up. Do you think that we will what blow up later on? See something equally as big in our lifetimes again, or have we had one? and only paradigm shift. It's an interesting question. Will we see anything as big as the internet again? I'd sort of argue that if you think about the really big things that we've seen within <coughs> our lifetime, uh, obviously the internet is, is a big one. Mobile devices, I think, was the other big one. But I can't think of anything else as big as those two things, technology-wise. Yeah, certainly not in terms of technology. Mm. It's weird. I was having this conversation recently about, like, what... I had a conversation with someone because of a book that I that you recommended to me actually called Who Moved My Cheese. Ah, right. Yeah. And like somebody was complaining that like, like adapting to change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like one of the big things in the UK right now is like they're trying to remove car culture. So we had like this whole thing where car culture came in and everybody had personal transport, mm. and that's going away. And I'm like, I think that might be something that the like maybe our children don't see. So I don't know if it's as big a paradigm change if it's something that we have that goes away versus yeah. the internet and phones, which were like something that we didn't have that arrived. Yeah. But there's always like big things that change for every generation, right? Yeah. I just think they're big to us, but not the previous generation or the next generation. Yeah. No, it's curious, isn't it? The way things change. Like after, <laughs> so Arthur was asking, so my computer's like right here under the desk. And he was asking like what the light with the blinky boxes is. Mm. And why is there a cable that goes down there? Because I have to change uh, the component. This is your 10-year-old son. Yeah, my 10-year-old son. And I'm like, oh, this is like the cable that gives us the internet. And he's like, oh, does your computer not have Wi-Fi? And I'm like, well, like it could, but 
we have Ethernet barrier yeah. to every room. And he's like, so, so like you can get the internet through a cable? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I was like, <laughs> it's like the Wi-Fi cable. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm so old. It's like, this is the Wi-Fi cable. It, it's funny how quickly things change, right? Like, yeah, yeah to, to me, all this, because I was on the internet since 95, like a lot of the social media was Facebook originally and then, when was I was going to say Twitter. Was it X? Like 2000s <laughs> or was it 90s? I, I recall I started using Facebook just before Ari was born in 2009. So I feel like I was on a little bit late. I was, I might have been I was at university because it was back in the day when you had to have a university email address yeah. and a Facebook account. Oh, well, I was well after that because <laughs> I was after university at the time I started using it. Anyway, so getting back to the list on Have I Been Pwned. And again, I think it's just the easiest way to do it. Uh, now, did I talk about seven rooms last week? I can't remember. I know I spoke about... Jeez, what day was that? Where am I? What day? What's yeah, hang on. No, it's Sunday because there's a race on. Yeah, no, but it was, it was Australia. Uh, it was Friday... Where are you? Friday the 25th when I would have last done this. So since Friday the 25th, according to my tweets here now, which of course all put themselves in UK time... Let's just skip seven rooms. I'm pretty sure I spoke about seven rooms. Okay, so the, the first one here was interesting was Quackbot. So Quackbot is a, a set of 6.43 million email addresses that were in this uh, this very nasty botnet, which the FBI and friends have, have taken down. Everyone's very happy to see that. So I read a little bit on that. They, and I, I've kind of only read news stories, so mm. <laughs> correct me on the accuracy, but they created like an installer mm. to send to like compromised devices to like uninstall yeah. the malware. Yeah. So this like, is wow. what's so cool about it. And this, like I was discussing this with the FBI and other agencies for a little bit before it happened. So I had a sense something was coming. I didn't really know the details. And then, because uh, we're talking about making it available and have a been pwned. And then we got the data in there and uh, and it got a lot more press than what I thought it would. And I think maybe I was getting busy for this trip as well and I hadn't thought as much about it. But, yeah, the, the, the thing that was a real standout is not only did they, obviously this was malware that we've known about for a long time, Yeah, they got control of the C2 servers and they put uninstallers <laughs> on the C2 servers. So as all of these infected devices called out to, to C2, now the FBI controls it and they're like, here's the uninstall software. So they were like, give me more malware and they actually got the... They actually got the good stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which is super, super cool. Now, apparently they haven't done this before, which is... Uh, I think it's a nice precedent to have heard. Yeah. I've seen uh, lots of press from this. Uh, saw one of the FBI directors out there talking about this in a in a very sort of formal way, which was you know which was great. It's good mm. press to have. So good on them for doing that. That's nice to see that one knocked <clears throat> offline. Fifty seven percent of those were already in. Have I been pwned? So that's um, pwned again for more than half the people. In other news, play cyber games and 3.7 million breached uh, records rather breached earlier this month. Email addresses, usernames, MD5 password hash. But you know the funny thing is, every time I see, I mean as funny as MD5 can be, every time I see a password hash, I know that if it's 32 characters, it's going to be MD5. And it's like, okay, is there a salt or not? Yeah. So what do we do to find the salt? If I take a hash and I search and I see other other hashes in the, the data set that are exactly the same... Oh, that is some salt said. Yes, but no. Or they all have the same salt. Oh, so like a pepper. Which then makes like, it a yeah. pepper and not a salt, even <clears> though <throat> there is a column called salt and it's just got a constant string on every single <laughs> Would you record. store? No, they don't store that like yeah, how yeah. many thousand times. Yeah, That's terrible. Ex- and it was, it was like a three-character thing too. And I just had the impression like that... a three-character string for the... Yeah, yeah. Oh, it no. was something super, super weird. So why they did that, I don't know. 
I tried getting in touch with them. No joy. They, I think they're actually... Antifa. <laughs> so oh, bad. Uh, it, it's worse. That's, that's a salt, and it's a constant salt, so it's a pepper, and it's crap. A newer one, you, yeah, you'll, you'll hear about that in a moment. Look like a Thailand-based company. Uh, I, I just, just find, particularly when I work with or try to find organisations outside, typically Western Europe, the US, Australia... So I know it's going to be hard work. I tried, tried to get in touch with them. Uh, as I said here, they did not respond to multiple disclosure attempts, so that one went in there. Same with uh, Pampling, which I typoed. I really hate this. I typoed in the tweet. Yeah, Pampling. Pampling is interesting. So they're a, they're a clothing store, online clothing store. Everything was in Spanish. They are Spain-based. Okay. And... I tried the same thing. So here's what I did because I'm having some discussions with them subsequently. At least email back. They've been written up. Well, <laughs> yes and no. I, I feel like there's always this, I need to try and get in touch. What is a reasonable amount of effort to invest to try and get in yep. touch? Now, this is, this is a data breach that was being shared on public forums. It was several years old. It was well and truly out there. So I emailed them. I Twitter DM'd them. I filled out their contact form, gave them a couple of days. I think I asked publicly on Twitter as well. Uh, couldn't get an answer from any of those tweets. The tweets that nobody wants. No one wants to see those tweets. These are the contact at. And, of course, I searched for it, right? Like, I, I was like, okay, pampling data breach. You know, there's a hacking forum talking about it here. If I search for it, maybe I'll find it somewhere. Couldn't find it anywhere. Loaded the data. 383,000 records. <clears throat> Email name, username, unsalted md 5 Password hashes. Oh. So not even a salt column. No, not even a salt column with the same salt in every single record. What a weird waste database. Eighty-three percent already have a pound. They did reach out to me afterwards. Um, suddenly they were interested. <laughs> like after it went to have a been pound. Apparently some customers might. Have do you think that, I was just going to say? Do you think that's because people email yeah. them and like hey like the people that actually give them money email them because I presume you don't pay them. So they didn't read your emails, nah, and the people that pay them send them emails, and then they're like, oh, well, listen. In in fairness, the, their approach has been very reasonable, and I, I won't go into the little details. Cause After they started answering. Private messaging. But I did say to them, it's like, I tried to contact you multiple yeah. times, and you didn't get in touch. Um, now, apparently, it, it had actually been in the press, but because I didn't search for, how, how do you say data breach in Spanish? <laughs> how do you say, how do you say data breach in Spanish? Yeah, that's what I didn't search for. Data breach. Anyway. So yeah, it, it was out there already, but yeah. So there's that one. Uh, another one, our similar sort of theme, I guess, to, to Quackbot was Cert Poland popped up and said, look, uh, we've got 68,000 records here. And for Cert Poland, as well as for, for the FBI, the, the data's being sent to have a been pwned to make it broadly searchable. So, you know, it, it, in any one of these cases, there's a whole bunch of people that get notifications that look, your data isn't the thing. So... That's, uh, that's how they get known. Now, 27% of those were already in, in Have I Been Pwned. I have a feeling that this data was much more sort of Poland-centric, hence the lower hit rate. But yeah. Yeah, so anyway, that's that was the week of, of data breaches. Uh, what have we got? Anything else here? Comment-wise, just you. five encryption. <laughs> Stefan's impressed. Well, and, and this is the thing. So that the, the link that Tampling sent me to the news story translated it from Spanish back to us. I was going to say Australian. <laughs> That's like English and then simplified English. <laughs> <laughs> translated it back into something I can understand. 
And in there, they did talk about encryption. Now, I'm not sure if that's a translation issue, yeah. but I'm pretty sure it's I could totally understand issue. that from, like, you know, Spanish to English, but... Oh, well, actually, having said that, because normally the company says encryption because that's what people understand. But then they say it was encryption, but please change your password anyway. So you're sort of like, well, why did you bother encrypting? Well, you didn't encrypt it. You hashed it. And well, then... based on MD5, you have to assume they set that up, like, 10 or 15 years ago, and then well, they've just never changed it. Yeah, you'd think it dates back a bit, but I guess based on any hashing, even if it was like bcrypt with a high work factor, like you're still going to go update your passwords because people are going to have reused them and then it's much easier to crack and all the rest of it. Yeah, so the reusing is a pain. But if it's bcrypt with a high work factor, assuming you have like reasonable criteria on the way in, aren't you still pretty... Yeah, well, like, that's, that's the problem. What's, what's reasonable criteria? <laughs> Yeah, no. I, it's, because but, you... So it's like, it, look, if we're always going to change our passwords after a breach, do we need to go so wild on like the hashing and storage? Like, you yeah. Know, you see how those two things fight each other. Oh, no, I get yeah. what you're saying. Now, there was an interesting one in here. So this is this is one that's not in Have I Been Pwned yet. <clears throat> I have a feeling that it will be in Have I Been Pwned soon enough. Uh, this is FreeCycle. Uh, FreeCycle.org. Now, I think this is... There's, there's been a few just this week where they've popped up for sale on one of these hacking forums. Uh, I'm looking at it, I'm seeing it there. Whenever it's for sale, it's just a matter of weeks, months, years before it ends up in Have I Been Pwned anyway. But their data breach notice is quite interesting because in here they say, the breach of data includes usernames, user IDs, email addresses, and hashed passwords. And it's just super, super, super rare to, say to see that, to see hashed. Because of the exposure of personal passwords, we're taking every measure to quickly inform members about the need to change their passwords. But then, should they say, like in a public facing? Oh, look, they reckon I just realized this. They're suggesting to go and use Have I Been Pwned. And did they know they were in there before? No, they're not in there yet. Yeah. <laughs> so, they're like, go check here. We'll be on this website soon. <laughs> no, check we'll be like a featured, yeah. uh, a featured database. Mm. But should public really facing cool. notices like that avoid technical terminology? You know, should. should like, well, if I'm a normal written... person, encryption versus hash, like, I, I think it's unreasonable. You know, it's like. We should maybe just say your password was stored securely or something. The, the, the problem is, if it was encrypted and they had confidence the key was protected, then you wouldn't need to ask people to change it. But if you have a, compl if you have a, a compromise in the application, <coughs> then the application can usually always access the key to decrypt the data in the database. So if it's like SQL injection, well, and, and that's you're always getting the data. That's one of the key reasons why we don't encrypt passwords. Key reasons. <laughs> So I wrote a, I wrote a, <laughs> I, wrote a yeah, I think you're a little bit the same, you know, something bugs you and you're like, oh, I've got to write a blog post about this. 4th of yep. September, 2020, I wrote a blog post titled, we didn't encrypt your password, we hashed it, here's what that means. And down the end of it, I sort of proposed an ultimate explanation. I, I said, I think what we should be saying is a password hash is a representation of your password that can't be reversed, but the original password may still be determined as someone hashes it again and gets the same result. Now maybe that's more consumer friendly, but <sighs> it definitely it's definitely more consumer friendly. But I still think if I was to speak to any normal person, i.e., like someone who doesn't work in tech, like mm. we do, and people here do, I, I don't think that that process is going to make any sense. Like the idea that you can have a representation yeah. of data that is non-reversible, but you can like redo the steps to generate. I, you I, know, I think the underlying problem is it doesn't change the advice. Yeah. But so then it's like, re no. regardless of how you explain it, it's like, what should people do? Change your password if you've reused other places, which you almost certainly have because you're a normal human. 
So say like, because so, we had this conversation when I was doing the Hack Yourself First last week actually. And so when I do the Hack Yourself First workshop, there's a password storage yeah. and password cracking module. And one of the common things that I do when people ask me questions is I always show people what I do. So they're like, hey, what should you do in this scenario? Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I can show you what I do. And I think what I do is the reasonable balance. Yeah. And we were looking at things like the password criteria on the way in to account registration at Report URI. Yeah. And then I showed them the code for like how we hash passwords and... And it's like, we have bcrypt work factor 10, which obviously takes care of like a 128-bit salt all by itself and everything else. And it's like, well, if we had a data breach then, would we still advise people? And we do pwn passwords checks and things yeah. like So I know people have not reused yeah. their passwords from common breaches. Someone was like, would you still tell people to change their mm. password? Mm. And I was like, Ugh. I'm not like, looking at it objectively, no. But then looking at it subjectively, I'd feel the pressure of everybody always telling you to change their passwords after a data breach and say yes. Yeah, but for a report ERI, we must drill, in, drill into that in a moment, but you, you're working with the technical audience as well. So you're not there. So our criteria is slightly higher. Yeah. So we have like 16 character minimum with good complexity, which you couldn't get away with on like Facebook yeah. because annoyance. But I guess where I was going with that as well is that you have an audience that you can explain this to and say, look, here's how we stored your password. You know That's what that true. means, you know? So. Yeah. I think you're going to have less people screw it up in the first place. But if they did, they'd understand why they probably still need to change it. Now, all right, so I think that's all of the all of the sort of the, the formal stuff. I What I've found fascinating coming to your place, because like, we've known each other for lots of years. It's the first time yes. I've ever been to Scott's place. So Scott's near Manchester in the UK. I think someone back here was asking where we were. Oh. Um, the town's called Clitheroe, if anyone's interested. We're in... We have a cool castle. Yeah, yeah, it, it is cool. And everybody thinks the name is funny. I, yeah. I don't know why. They're immature. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, where were we? What, what I've found interesting, like you've been to my place many times in, in Australia, but uh, it's kind of funny going around your house because there's so much stuff that's familiar because there's everything from like, that's an awesome photo. I know it's awesome because I took it. <laughs> like yep. in, in Norway. And the, like, who took no, no, I took that one that too. One as well. And then there's a whole bunch that have got both our kids in them from yep. different trips and things like that. And then I'm looking at all the things, like just even just laying around your office, and it's like, all right, I got one of those. Um, and then I looked over here, I got, I think I got 12 or 13 of those. Yep. <laughs> You've got one of those now as well. It's just like, you know, it's my little. It's like, yeah, I got a lot of those as well. <laughs> You'll be keys just keys. casually um, on the side. I, got, I definitely got one of those. An HS100 and an HS110 yep, TP-Link power monitoring. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, just... it's Ubiquity hardware on the desk. Ubiquity right. hardware. It's kind of bizarre. That camera it? should be familiar. I bought it after... Oh, you've got, got Philips Hugo. I've got, yep. I've got about four 3D of those printer. somewhere. 3D print. I've got a different 3D printer. Oh, you can see Oh, you can see it on that. There you go. Yeah, you can see the printer there. I've just, um, so these are um, AirTag cases that are waterproof. So where are you going to put those? So um, there's like one on the motorbike, one on the car transporter. Oh. So you can like cable tie them. So you yeah. put the air tag in, seal it. Yeah, you then, put like a gasket or something on that. Yeah, just like a little bit. Yeah. So like um, so then I can track stuff if people steal it. Yeah. So I've just finished printing those. Oh. Um, I've got some like tropical plants because it's usually raining outside. So I want something that's a bit tropical yeah. in here. Ah, okay. And you got an Eve Online thing there. I know who gave you that. Yeah, yeah. I actually did get that from <laughs> Stefan, thank you, when I was in Iceland. Um, yeah. That is like Beskar from the Mandalorian. It's like it's like a nerd's paradise. Is it? It's uh, it's what they make the armor from in the Mandalorian. Oh, okay. 
I mean, obviously it's not because it's make believe. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Yeah, uh, uh, the Kira temperature sensors as well, Zigbee temperature sensors in every room. Yeah, yeah. So we can tell how hot you are. Yeah, how cold you are. <laughs> well, anyway. Uh, all right, so tell us about Report Your Eye. What's, first of all, explain it for, for people listening because it, it is okay. something that we've probably spoken about many times before when we've done Historically, this. Historically, yeah, for let's, sure. Let's catch up while I read the comments. So we are um, a real-time kind of security monitoring platform, and there's loads of features built into web browsers that are free to use and leverage where you can enforce security policies on websites. So you write a security policy and say, this is my website, this is what happens, and if something else happens, like your website starts loading third-party JavaScript that's not supposed to be there, mm -hmm. you can request that the web browser alert you. So there's no software, no JavaScript agent, no server-side component. How Native much do I pay for this technology? <laughs> yeah, like, so to, to, to use browser. it, yeah. And this yeah. is the funny thing, right? To use it, it's free. To receive the telemetry, you do have to pay. Well, I mean, you can ingest the JSON yourself, or you can pay a few dollars a month, and we'll yeah. do that. Because the reporting is, is part of the spec, right? To me... It's the most, Im it's at least like the equally important part, right? Because it's like one part is write the security policy and deploy it, and the browser will enforce the security policy. But if you've got malicious JavaScript in your page, mm. and the browser's like, whoa, stop the JavaScript, without any feedback, you don't know. So it's kind of like, yeah, okay, the problem is like air quote salt because the JavaScript is yeah. blocked, but you're never going to go and remove the JavaScript, which really is the solution. So to me, they're like two half, they're like two sides of the coin, right? Yeah. Like you've got to have the policy in place to kill the JavaScript. And then the reports will allow you to go figure out, A, how did it get there, and B, how do yeah. I remove it? Yeah. So the, the, the bit about the browsers sending the reports is free, but the problem then is that they send the reports, how do you actually do something useful with yeah. it? Yeah. And you have to <coughs> ingest it, graph it, analyze it. And yeah. we have loads of people, you know, and they're like, oh, it's just ingesting JSON, we'll do it. But then, you know, it's like how to make use of the data. If you look at us as a, a JSON ingestion service, it's totally yeah. priced and not worth it. But if you look at it as we have specialist knowledge in this field and we analyze reports for thousands of sites, we focus on taking the value out of the data. It sounds like a marketing person would say something like, we turn data into intelligence. Or, <laughs> yeah. Know, like if I, yeah. If we were good at marketing, that's what we'd say. But that's the <laughs> crux of it, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, that is a, a, an honest question, not just for your audience as well, but given that security headers and the report URI, and of course the, the project is named after the directive in the security header, which is, yep. this is where to send the report. Given that that's public domain and that you can go to a website that's using report URI and you can see that it's using report URI, yeah. um, do, do you actually talk about who uses it? Because there's some, like, some big organizations here. So this is a really weird thing, right? Like as a company, spokesperson right now, the vast majority of our customers won't let us, right? Because we have like terms of service and things with them. I run a separate project called Crawler.Ninja, which scans the top 1 million websites in the world every day and analyzes their yeah. security. And one of the things that it analyzes is like, is anybody sending the telemetry? And if they are sending it, who or where are yeah. they sending it? So then it lists out like how many websites out of the top 1 million are using Report URI. And that's public domain information. So like, no, we don't, and yes, we do. But... <laughs> Other than like not wanting to upset actual customers, yeah. What is the like? It's there because I'm going to talk about yeah. one that you like, just have on You can go to their website and look at their response yeah. headers. And apart from, I mean, there's literally like a tiny handful of customers who see name one of their subdomains to us, so it looks like them, yeah. but it's still us. Yeah. And I definitely can't mention them. But apart from everyone else, it literally says our domain in their header and says send the telemetry here. 
But you can still resolve the C name back to somewhere else if you're on the For sure, and that's like one extra step, but for sure. It's still, okay. like, I don't understand it, but yeah. they wanted it, and I'm like, okay, we'll do it. They've got some lawyers. <laughs> yeah. Some lawyer definitely wrote a policy, yeah. and that's the reason that this exists. Um, I was looking at Pine Passwords the other day, yeah, and incidentally, Stefan, who is here on the call, uh, I think, Stefan, we, we put in a million-something passwords for, for Quackbot the other day. Correct me if I'm wrong. Wow. So uh, there's a whole bunch of new passwords. In fact, we had a... It was, it was kind of curious. We really should publish some stats on this, Stefan, because it was it was actually a very low percentage of passwords that were already in there. And Stefan and the FBI guy and I got this oh, thread okay. going, and I'm like, w- why are so many people who are pwned by this malware got unique passwords? <laughs> like, something doesn't seem to entirely... Match up there, but we went through and checked it all again, and it just seems that there are people with, uh, yeah, Stefan's saying just over a million. Seems there are people with actually some decent passwords. Yeah, just But um, I was curious, so I was looking at the Have I Been Pwned stats because I wanted to tell the folks that sent the data as well. I was like, this is how much impact yeah. it's making. So we're up to about five, and uh, we just passed five and a half billion requests a month, uh, actually for 30 days, because Cloudflare reports by 30 days, yeah. obviously, because not every month is equal. Um, Stefan says uh, uh, stats blog post is being worked on that'd be awesome mate that'd be really good and I wanted to look at at referrers now it's kind of interesting because there's five and a half billion requests we're only going to get referrer headers of any relevance if client side is being requested from certain places yeah Uh, and it was interesting because I found that I, I think it was one of the top referrers was Telstra uh, which is which is our largest telco yeah. in Australia, and I was like, that's that's interesting. And it was about two point four million requests a day or something. So it was a very large number of people. Are they doing that many orthodons or are they? Well, so this is what I was curious about, and I was like, okay, it's actually I'll show this somewhere in my tweet thread because unlike you, I'm like, nah, screw it, I'll just talk about it. But <laughs> also, they're using something that's free and open source. And they yeah. literally, like, you look at the dev tools and say, like, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's like, this is client-side observable, right? Like, it's it's not secret, is it? Like No, but, like, report your ROI. Yeah, <laughs> like okay. But they're using the free service. Like, we have pretty much paid engagements with all of these. Yeah, so. it was literally like that. So, this is... Like, okay, yeah. Like, this this tweet was the sign-in page of Telstra. Now, I am a Telstra customer. Uh, so, I went there and I put in all my details, and I went down to the dev tools and I filtered down the request to pwnpasswords.com. And sure enough, every time you log in to telstra.com, it is sending first five characters of a shower one hash of your password off to Pwn Passwords. And like at first glance, it might seem kind of wasteful to do that every time you log in, but I had the same conversation with myself when we built it into Report Your Eye. And it's like, well, what if your password is pwned between now and whenever? You know? Yeah, and, like, and and someone actually asked that they're like, well, why don't you just do it at registration? But, uh, you know, which some, is a reasonable kind of first logical assumption, right? Well, I would do it everywhere that you have access to the plain password, which is registration, password reset, and login. Yeah, and you know, part of the answer to that is that uh, yeah, when we have things like Quackbot, where there's a million plus new passwords in there. When we've got five and a half billion requests to this API each month, well, there's a whole bunch of people who weren't in there when they signed up to Telstra. Look at that, face ID my way into Cloudflare, so I can actually get these stats. To do it, pal. Uh, and I just saw someone ask about pass keys as well. So I'm using pass keys as many places as possible these <laughs> days because they are... Give me all the convenience. They are wonderful. It's <laughs> not password purgatory. Let's go to pwn passwords. Um, I can see all choice domains. Yeah, yeah. Like, do you, are you like me? Or you buy domains every time you think of something and then Where never use them? Um, 
I do that a lot. Uh, no, some of them are great. I go doing other things like this. It's <laughs> scotthelmsucks.com it's a real website uh, <laughs> you'd already worked out where that had come from when I look at my analytics in here actually <laughs> so there you go so there's our 30 day on Cloudflare oh jeez alright read that out because alright yes yours is bigger than mine go <laughs> so we're up to now like our last 30 days on the Cloudflare dashboard we've done 14.1 billion requests that is so awesome. and that's just that people sending so us awesome. telemetry because this subdomain it's just that. I was looking through these and, and oh, wondering... Oh, that's a cute little number. Yeah. <laughs> it's 160 million requests in a day. Um, but, you know, it was interesting because uh, actually Trading View, I'm not sure who that is, Opera's up there. Auth.opera.com was one of the highest ones. Oh, so you can see... Like, we'll go through some of these these later on, but but some of them are actually um, you know, quite... Quite interesting. So, uh, <laughs> Don't say that one alone. <laughs> so, oh, no. <laughs> um, oh, boy. But of course, you're not screen sharing on the YouTube. No, 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 no. But these are just the ones that um, that obviously we have a referral header from because they're integrated client side and they're, they're using them on, on login. So our biggest customer that we signed up recently that I can't say. Oh right, global. Yeah, but Every, you probably if I went to that website, would I see a response header? Probably. If I, I went to crawl, so they, they've not seen name to us. Yeah. So they're probably listed. Yeah. And it's on all of their domains globally. Now, I just noticed too, you're doing picture in picture. Is, is this one of the new things that Elon launched that are you know, part of the new features? <laughs> Can't talk about that. Oh, boy. People are still getting very upset, aren't yep. they? Let's not. Uh, I've seen. The bear. <laughs> I'm going to eat more beer before the lunch. <laughs> I've seen some of the things that people oh, look, sent, even to you about Fifth that. biggest one. Oh, that's good. Favorite person in the world. Well, favorite good. company. Love Probably. those guys. Love those yep. guys. Can't talk about them. Unless you go look at crawler.ninja and then you'll find Yeah, yeah, them. for sure. They're in there too because none of those are the people that have seen named a subdomain to us. Yeah. Which it's so bizarre. It's so it? weird. Like, yeah. It, it's a bit like we've we've been having the discussion for both Report URI and, and for Have I Been Pwned where there are organizations signing up to services and we both use Stripe. And the number of times we'll get requests from like, this is a procurement department. Like, we need you to fill out all these documents and things. And you get to the point where you go... Makes my heart sink. There's, there's option one, which is you put your credit card in and like five seconds later everything is done and that's good. Uh, or there's option two, which is we need to do a bunch of manual work and we're going to charge you like five times as much. And they go, oh, option two sounds good. Yeah, but I don't get it. It completely befuddles me. You know, you know like, it's really funny. It's, it's not about the money because I'm actually more pissed off when they take option two because like now I've, got yeah. to, I've put this barrier here. We need to, to make option two more expensive. Oh, and look, like, you know, I don't mind a couple of things, but sometimes you get like really grumpy people emailing you and it's like, we're in this country and by law in my country, like you must do this thing and fill out this form. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> we were having this discussion last night. I'm not in like, your country. Can you imagine if there's if there's some country somewhere in some odd part of well, odd for us part of the world and they're like, uh, for, for every new agreement, you need to wave a magic wand over the agreement. We By demand law. you wave a magic wand because it's a local <laughs> law. You're like, well, in Australia, we don't have magic wands. Yes, but in our country, we have the magic wand. Please wave it's it. Odd, like, we get so many of them, and like a lot of them seem EU centric now. And like I, I know, like we're still in EU, but we left hey. the well, like. <laughs> <laughs> So, like, we're in Europe. We left the EU in the EEA, I think it is. And, yeah. But then, so it's really funny, like, we left and we are like, oh, all of their laws are a really good idea. We'll just adopt them all as they are. Yeah. So, like, we left and then took all the things with us. And I'm like, yeah, we comply with the GDPR because we have the UK GDPR, which is the, exactly the same thing. They just photocopied the document. <laughs> and it's like, no, it's, it's like... 
it's not good enough. And we end up doing all these reviews of procurement documents and privacy documents. And we have a DPA that you can execute electronically on the website. So you just go to the website, sign on, and it's like, yeah, we want, you know, this is our company, this is your company, bam, done. And like, no, you have to sign ours. Like, we can't sign yours. It's like, but there's a button that yeah. just does it, and yeah. then it's done. And it could be exactly the same, like word for word. Oh, yeah. And no one's ever asked us to change the wording. They just want us to sign their document rather than them sign off. There, there's so many odd little examples like this. And, I mean, you've got the weird thing where you were part of the EU, no, you're not part of the EU, but you're still geographically part of the same space. Then we've got the situation with, with Charlotte being Norwegian, where Norway is like, and there'll be a Norwegian listeners, oh, correct no. me, they're, they're like a special yeah. member of the EU, aren't they? Yeah where they got all well, the oil yeah. money, so they pay to get some of the benefits, but they don't get all the benefits. So you and Charlotte, let's say you and Charlotte and someone listening here from Belgium can all fly to Australia together, and you and the Belgian person, you go flying through the fast track with, you know, the, the electronic yep. things. Scanny scan, done. And then Charlotte, and by extension myself, and last time when we came back from Thailand, the kids too stand in the queue in an hour. Oh, you go with her? Yeah. Oh, you can just what else like, scan do? through and wait in the bar. <laughs> <laughs> well... <laughs> After we went through there, of course, all the bags were waiting, and then we got grabbed by all the uh, uh, all, all the customs folks who were like, "We want the dog to sniff all your things." So, yeah, <laughs> just, just in case us. you brought all of the oh, good drugs back from Thailand. It took us like an hour and a half or something to get through. Oh. But I'm then, when we came here, we both got to go flying. Through. I'm surprised. I was just about to say, I'm surprised you had a good experience at Manchester oh, yeah. Airport. If anyone in the chat has flown through Manchester Airport, holy moly! We just and went straight to the straight to the electronic thing. Oh, no. like, okay, cool. I can go through here as well. I don't, like. I know I live here, and it's it's my local airport. Fly in and out of there like thirty times a year, but oh, legitimately like the worst. Consistent, like it has good days, right? Like, don't get me wrong. When there's no one there, and they can't screw <laughs> it up. But it's just consistently so bad. You know, I was kind of impressed because we we were breezing through there. We got out, we saw the duty-free store, which was about the size of this room. Uh, and then you were parked, like, almost right outside the door. I was, yep. It was actually very easy. He said you were going to go into duty-free and get some wine. I was like, nah. no. Nah. It's like a kiosk, you know, with, like, four yeah. items for sale. And then you're outside. Now, uh, as we start to wind up, let me see where I'm going to be uh, next week. What's today? Against <laughs> the third. Where am I going to be on the 10th? So, uh... Charlotte and I are heading off to Oxford for a couple of days tomorrow oh, yeah. and then somewhere else in the UK, I forget where, for, for a night. Uh, and then we are heading to Alicante. So we're going to be in, in Spain, uh, in Alicante, actually, uh, come next Friday. So I might try and do this video from there next time. So that will be on, by the look of it, Friday the 8th. And then on Friday the 15th, I will, I'll be back in the Netherlands, which will be great. So I'll do that from there. And then on Friday the 22nd, I'll be in Prague. So maybe I'll just say. What about the Friday in Oslo? Uh, I won't be in. Oh, no, I will be in Oslo. I was going to say, because I'm, oh, well, no, I'm going to be in Oslo. <laughs> I hope you're there, because I'm going to meet. <laughs> Which one? Are, you must be in Oslo. Oh, no, we are there. No, so. Did you ask me to fly to Oslo and you're not going to be there? Oh, no, it's all on my trip. And, oh, I'm jealous. <laughs> There's a Friday in Oslo somewhere. Okay, on that note, <laughs> thanks for watching. It's a weird time. It was the only gap we had where I just wasn't completely jet-lagged. Only jet-lagged. Wow, I mean, you're still pretty jet-lagged. Yeah, I'm recovering. So thanks very much. I, I think I'll be in Spain next, <laughs> next time I do this. You'll be somewhere. We'll see. I'll be, I'll be somewhere on the side of the world. All right, thanks for watching.